Welcome everyone to What's Next interview series. This series is part of Marketing APAC's four-month-long knowledge sharing festival. In today's episode, we're going to discuss about influencer marketing, its latest trends, as well as the new opportunities it has in store for brands this 2023. For today, we'll be turning to experts in the field to share with us how they see the platform of influencer marketing evolving as we enter the new year that is inevitably armed with new challenges and opportunities for marketers. Please welcome Aaron Brooks, the co-founder and president of VAMP, an influencer marketing platform, and also Pauline Linton, the head of brand communications and advocacy at Adobe. Hi, Aaron Hi. and Pauline. Welcome to What's Hello. Next series. I'm just going to head right into the conversation, and I'd like to begin with you, Aaron. So you co-founded VAMP in 2015, and the platform connects brands with influential creators. So why did you decide to build a company in this space, and what is the fundamental problem that you're trying to solve with its technology? Yeah, if I'm honest, it actually wasn't something that we set out to do initially. The original idea for VAMP was actually centered around content generation, still at the core, but we were looking at utilizing social platforms for brands to source creative, and it was actually even more defined than that. Initially, we thought that news publications were the ones that could leverage the assets for newsworthy articles. So it wasn't until we had done some ideation on the idea with the other co-founders that we stumbled across what influencer marketing was then, but it was really in its infancy. And then we found this kind of new breed of creators that were producing amazing content across social platforms. And then from there, I kind of say to everyone, it was like an opportunity with an opportunity because obviously we uncovered, you know, opportunity, the opportunity from a brand side, it was hard for brands to kind of know where to source reliable talent or how to question the legitimacy of uh, creators followers. And then of course you kind of had the measurement side of it as well. Like they didn't know how to measure the effectiveness of their efforts or know that the results that were being driven were any good. And then on the creator side, you sort of had the, they were frustrated that they may not be paid on time, sometimes not paid at all in some cases. And then of course, she didn't kind of have binding contracts either so there was little protection from either side so really for, for us for them it was kind of like the opportunity to build a single solution that would just simplify that whole process we wanted to simplify the campaign management workflow facilitate direct communication between collaborators build a proprietary algorithm that would help match make brands to creators and then, of course, you kind of had using first-party data to track performance and, and campaign ROAS as well. So really, that's kind of where we saw the opportunity at the end was FAMP's capability really has evolved to basically just put all those parts together and streamline and create efficiencies for brands and creators. What an interesting journey that you've had there. You know, when we think of influencer marketing, oftentimes the things that come to mind are just, you know, the influencers, the KOLs, and the social media posts that we put out on the different platforms. But there's really a concrete process behind it between the brand and influencer and which is the very value proposition of VAMP. So how about you, Pauline? You've been a long-standing VAMP customer, and since 2017, you've been heading the digital marketing of Adobe as head of social media for APAC, and now you're the head of brand communications and advocacy. So looking back, how do you think Adobe's approach to influencer marketing has evolved over the years? Yeah, if I can just start by, you know, reflecting on what Aaron was saying, there was never really an influencer marketing program, you know, when I was agency side or when I started at Adobe. And I think influencers were always seen as, you know, how are we going to continue to amplify or just as another distribution channel for our marketing campaigns. And so our use of influencers has really evolved as the you know, the market has, and as our communications have gotten a lot more sophisticated. So we realize the value of social media in our, you know, broader comms program, and then how important influencers were to local content creation 
for us in Asia Pacific, you know, being part of a big global company. We've evolved our strategy from influencers being put on every campaign to extend our campaign as amplifiers to really bringing them into the campaigns at the, you know, at the very ideation and, and planning stage and thinking about them more as content generators and ideators and not just kind of, um, you know, to amplify our programs. You know, working with influencers was a very manual process. So you've got to figure out, you know, you have to know who you're looking for, pay an agency, lot a lot of money to sit there Googling. And then, you know, you have to do some Googling yourself. And then the whole communication process and the, you know, the, the contractual sort of process with influencers was very manual and very archaic. They didn't, you know, there was no real sort of solid regulation in the industry. There weren't any tools, you know, like VAMP solving all of these problems that we were having. So our evolution has sort of happened internally in terms of how we think about using influencers, but also how we actually use influencers in our campaigns. You know, their content generation that they are able to support us with has changed the way we think about how we work with other agency partners, how we bring to life our local execution of, you know, sort of global campaigns and really how we operate as a marketing team. So I think, you know, we've worked very closely with the VAMP team to tell them what our problems are and sort of work with them to help us figure out how we're going to make our influencer program a lot more sophisticated because that's what we really needed as a business. We used to work also on a much more sort of project basis when it comes to influencers. And now we're recognizing the value that they bring to our business on an always on basis. So we're thinking really differently about how we can maintain an always on program through VAMP and really make our influencer marketing a lot more efficient and a lot more effective. And then to the point about measurement and effectiveness, it was kind of random how we would measure you know, influencer marketing based on what numbers the influencer would give you what numbers the agency's tools would pick up. And we've really worked to make sure that as much as we can, we're centralizing our influencer marketing measurement through VAMP. So we get, you know, one source of truth when it comes to our influencer programs. So it's been a few years and a lot of evolution. And it feels like we're in a much more, dare I say, sophisticated place when it comes to our, our influencer marketing program, for sure. Yeah, as you've said, you know, influencer marketing used to be seen as a vanity and now it's really become a legitimate part of brands marketing campaigns. As you've said before, it's kind of all over the place. And this is what we're going to discuss further later on as we go to the conversation on how influencer marketing is becoming more concrete and how the process is becoming more realized with influencer marketing platforms like VAMP. Yeah, so we're off to a great start and really getting the best of both perspectives here, you know, from the industry neighbor and also from a top brand. So um, I'd like to move on and dive deeper and how you're seeing the growth of influencer marketing as you move forward from here. So Aaron, what are some of the key things that you think brands should consider when activating influencer marketing strategies? So they're obviously pretty, pretty practical kind of things really and it's sort of something, a message that we probably say to a lot of the brands a lot of the time, right? Like I guess the foundation for it really is kind of like starting with your objectives initially you know, define why you want to work with creators, think about the outcomes that are important to you just to make sure that you get what you want out of the working relationship. So that's really important. Second of all, and this is, you know, something that we preach and have preached a lot, even from the early days, which is obviously just treat them like experts. 
you know, creators are more likely to apply to brand briefs given that they have some creative freedom within that. So we'd always tell the brands, of course, you want to have like an overarching framework for any project or activation, but the creators need to have some freedom in there to, to create effectively. So that's really important. You know, we make sure obviously within our platform, it's something Adobe does really well is that they don't artistically direct, you know, the, the creative right. And that really gets you the best outcome when it comes to, to the content. Test and learn and to understand what kind of works for you. And that's really important as well. So, you know, obviously finding the right creators that are important, finding the right format and the right channels, get the best results. The other thing that we always tell the brands too is, Test and learn, obviously, from a creator perspective, but also on the media side as well to drive the performance element that the brands want. You're making sure that you're backing that up, the organic side with a media component. So as I said, you can drive the performance element and it means that you can also test the creative too that's working best within a media campaign. And then the other thing is obviously treating creators as kind of brand ambassadors. And, you know, we're seeing now more than ever, obviously, brands building up relationships with creators and then using that kind of squad for multiple and repeat activations. So using it not just project by project basis, but having a long-term view of creator and influencer marketing as well. Yes, as you've said, testing is really important to be able to just um, be able to put out these different creative iterations to be able to hit it right for brands. And also, as you've said, establishing that long-term relationship with the influencers. How about you, Pauline? So if you think about all the creator campaigns that you've worked on to date, what are some of the key learnings that you've had as a marketing leader? It's not a huge difference to what Aaron was saying, but I think the first most important thing is really to give the influencers creative control because they will surprise you. And, you know, we started off as being really protective with our brand. And then we realized that actually influencers had better ideas than we did. So we've learned to relinquish that creative control and not try to sort of art direct something and then tell them what we want them to make, but really give them an open brief and that creative freedom. Also to get creative with how you engage influencers. And, you know, back to my earlier point, that we're not just looking at how big is your reach and, and what's your engagement rate, but what sort of content do you create? Can we bring you in to develop the key visuals for, for our campaign? Can we bring you into sort of ideate with us, help us tell a, tell a story, collaborate with another influencer rather than just, can you make this and, and push it out to your audience? You know, the paid element is a really important one as well, because for us, that means that Yes, it's important to look at reach of influencers, but also it allows us to identify emerging influencers that are creating really beautiful things that may not have the reach and just put some media dollars behind it, be able to be really strategic about how we target that content and how we make the influencer content a bigger part of the marketing campaign and not just rely on them to be the organic amplifiers of our of our campaigns, but really thinking about how we hero and, and showcase their work so they're sort of you know influencer specific lessons but one of the you know we also learned some really important lessons in terms of how we start to think about influencer campaigns internally and being really clear upfront about you know what are our objectives between sort of communications and, and marketing and, and performance marketing what do we want the influencer content to do and how do we brief the influencers to understand exactly what their role is you know is it a brand brief are we trying to get them to drive traffic are we trying to sell something are we trying to promote a new product so being really clear about what's the role that the influencer content is going to play within the campaign and then also when it comes to channel 
planning, how are we going to balance all of our different activities, make sure that influencer content doesn't exist in a separate communication stream on their channels, but how can we bring their content to our other channels as well, whether it be, you know, adobe.com to our website or to our emails. So when you engage influencers and, and how you do that in the campaign is really important to ensure their, um, you know, content is leveraged across the broader sort of marketing campaign and channel plan. So I think they're probably, you know, the, the key lesson is know what you want to do with your broader campaign and the role that influencers play at the very beginning. And then that really does change the way that you work with influencers. Now, What's Next 2023 is all about helping marketers future-proof their strategies for 2023. And as we get closer to wrapping up this conversation, I want to know what's next for each of your brands. And at the same time, what do you think we can expect in the next phase of influencer marketing? So I think we can start with you again, Aaron. And directionally, where do you think influencer marketing is heading and how will VAMP respond to these challenges? Yeah, so I think first of all, like obviously influencer marketing has really become like a utility offering. You know, it was obviously once an emerging channel, um, but it really has gained acceptance of, as a performance marketing channel and it can sit alongside anything from email to programmatic now when it comes to the performance side of things. But obviously brands are adopting uh, an always-on approach to their creator marketing now. And so we see that with a lot of the brands that we work with, which is really important. And, you can, and that kind of adds to the, the mainstay of the marketing mix where brands are kind of planning activations much further out and having to find budgets for that. I think one thing all the brands are pushing us for is obviously access to better data. You know, they want to understand how the organic's performing, how the performance uh, is performing as well. Um, so that's one thing, obviously, that we're, that we're always being pushed on. But obviously, that just means that, again, it's it's adding to the further justification that brands want internally when it comes to justifying spend for influencer marketing. And then I think really just the challenge for VAMP is to continue to evolve our technology on, on the analytics capability side, insight side and that really kind of just further satisfies our customer needs and then i think also the relationship between the brands and creators will obviously is moving beyond that kind of content collaboration into co-creation and again paulie kind of mentioned this you know we're seeing a lot of the brands now and start much further much earlier or further up the you know earlier in the funnel type when it comes to planning out campaigns and actually even in the vamp platform we allow for when it comes to kind of talent selection when brands brief out through the tech they could actually ask you know what type of content would you create for this and they can kind of gather ideas at that initial concept stage so we see that become more and more important as well so obviously it's a rapidly moving space and we want to always innovate but that's also you know kind of the fun of it as well yep really so many things to look forward to as influencer marketing progress it has reached its maturity but there's still so much room for space in, in innovation as you've mentioned one things you mentioned cooperation with the brands and influencers so um how about you pauline how do you think influencer marketing outlook will change in preparation for the year ahead and what kind of interesting innovations can we expect from adobe you know i think always on now is to, it's not anything new it's not something that we're looking to do you know next year it's something we're doing right now it's just going to be how do we do it better and how do we find the right balance between engaging influencers for brand marketing and, and brand purposes and then also support that with our performance-based marketing activity. So, you know, for anyone who knows um, a bit about the Adobe business, it's quite matrixed. We have a lot of different products. We're targeting different creators. So it's about really building an influencer marketing program to support that sort of matrix product uh, offering that we have as well as brand. And, you know, brands are 
all talking about really leading with purpose and, and thinking about social impact in a lot of our marketing initiatives. So we really plan to bring influencers into the planning of that. And rather than us deciding what matters to them, um, we want to co-create you know, with these influencers re- and really understand from them what is it that they want to see from a brand like us and how can they help us and work with us to create that. And then you know, it wouldn't be a future of marketing type conversation without mention of the metaverse or VR or AR or something. So we're also thinking about, you know, what's the kind of mixed mediums or mixed realities and how do we collaborate differently with influencers? And, you know, there's a nice balance between well, I hope we can find it, you know, the metaverse and real life and how we engage influencers to support any kind of immersive strategies with more, you know, location-based local activity. So maybe that's a bit of a flavor of some things that we're thinking about, but just being really consistent with how we continue to work with influencers and, and you know, and the VAMP team around, you know, measurement consistency. And the team are really good at giving us insights that help us think about how we engage influencers differently, but also insights around what content is resonating how do we need to adapt our message so we're thinking about you know the insights that we get from influencers really shaping the way we um, we approach 2023 so it's you know there's a lot of exciting stuff to look forward to both from an operational perspective and how we work with influencers and also hopefully something immersive and a fun collaboration of some sort there are some similar themes that you've mentioned along with Aaron. And of course, you've mentioned the metaverse. So this is definitely what we're looking forward to as more brands enter the metaverse and see more of the fusion of these two come to life. Thank you so much, Aaron and Pauline. Thank you so much for insights. You've really learned a lot about influencer marketing and how we're going to move forward from here into 2023. Thank right. you. Thanks for having us. So despite the maturity of influencer marketing and the conversation that we've had just here, proves that there is so much room for innovation and growth in this space. And through each of our expert insights, we've gained such an interesting perspective on how brands can best strategize the influencer marketing campaigns for 2023. So stay tuned as we bring in marketing leaders to share about future-proofing marketing strategies through the What's Next interview series. Join our growing community and follow us on our social media channels. This has been China, and until the next conversation.